Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, ometeo, tonansi, tonato. We start out on this new road. No turning back. But we have our ancestors with us. We're going to continue to dance with them. Dreaming them. Calling them. We are becoming what we were. It is borrowed that Maya prophecies. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unaku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unaku.
speaking to the people of the 20th century about who built this place and why and what they felt and what they thought about the world. These are not anonymous people anymore. You are the spirit of Unapku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unapku. Yo, 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 LA natives. How's, how's the community out there? Are they ready? We got somebody really special today. Wow. Right. I, ha- I have to say the wow before this episode starts because I already know it's history in the making right here, Zero. This young man's so talented, man. His, and then the people that get to... Get to be a um, get to rock on the beats, man. The list goes on and on with this very talented producer. Well, zero, you know, you're a producer as well. Yes, you know how vital and important it is to be a quality hip hop producer. Yeah, it takes time, and you have to like invent a sound. That fits in with many other sounds, right? And the best, like, always bubble up to the top right away because, you know, they're kind of insane in that way where they just spend hours and hours and hours being repetitive. But I want to introduce my homie, Nug Life on LA Natives. Go ahead, Nug Life, put those earphones on, get into the mic. illustrious intro conversation hey man i like to highlight my natives in a way that no commercial or corporate thing is gonna do because this isn't about like selling things this is about connecting or finding out if you are connected in whatever way and if you aren't here it is bro (laughs) you know it's right there you know it's 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 us mending the wheel what they say mending the wheel and we only do that by reaching down not down but reaching out to our younger generations right big facts you got to keep the cycle going you know the the ogs that i've seen extended hand to me and others they it's a beautiful thing just to keep that shit just everybody just keeps the being you know each generation has their their own sound it doesn't mean that you like it and Mm -hmm. or it's your favorite but you can appreciate the art behind it and know how difficult it is to create it. At least I do, because as Mondo said, I've produced, you know, seven, eight full length albums. Mm. Right. I know what it's like to have a safe of like 50 beats. Yeah. You know? But when you're when you're making beats for three MCs, 50 beats is like 10 beats. You know what I mean? Because they're just like on them and on them. And they're just, you know, some songs are good. Some songs you release. Some songs aren't complete. But um, I love the way you work, bro. I love the sound because it's Jay Dillish, but your own way. Is that, is that a correct assessment? Thank you, bro. Yeah, I mean, Dilla is a big one for me. You know, Alk, Madlib, Flylo, all the greats, man. Static, you know what I'm saying? Like, even the, a lot of the producer rappers are my favorites too. You know what I mean? Like okay. the evidences and the alchemists yeah. and even, you know, J. Cole, even from a mainstream perspective, but to see him making his beats and spitting and like Eric, the architect from Flatbush Zombies, like that mm-hmm. type of shit is like, whoa, okay, you're in. 
It's yeah. a, it, now, now that you mention it, it's kind of a, a weird place to be when you make the beat and rap on it. Because I could imagine you, you just make the beat, right? You don't rap, do you? Do you? A little bit, little little nuggets here and there. Okay, I see. <laughs> You're developing that yeah. that other skill. It's it's tempting to be like, oh, I'm an MC and a, and a, but when you do it, that's it's it's almost almost like twice as hard because you have to be creative on the beat side, and then you have to be creative about what you say and write. Yeah, you're drowning in yeah. analyzation. <laughs> you're exactly. like, the fuck? Like, all right, I got to figure out my beat perspectives. Now I got to figure out, like, this rap perspective. Now I've been mixing for hours and hours. Now I'm in this sludge of beautiful creation. But you start to lose, like, the... Exactly. That is exactly <laughs> how it is. The, you got to step back or be zoomed in. Like, either way, it's still, you got to find those breaths of fresh air and then when sure. you step away from me when i step away i'm still thinking about it like i'm eating but i'm still th- but i'm not in front of the computer <laughs> or, or or doing what what like you know sitting and mixing or whatever it's more like oh, okay because ultimately writing verses or making beats is a, a repetitive thing it's something that you have to learn how to master just i tell i tell people i'm no correct me if i'm wrong i want to compare it to you as a producer but I say at least every song I've released, I at least listen to it like a thousand times. At least. At yeah, least. just about. Yeah, you definitely. I mean, you don't count, but nah, yeah. it's it, like you said, you get into the sludge where it's like, what am I even listening to right now? This is I don't even this idea sucks. Or you can get into that mode where it's like, oh, it's going the wrong way. And because it's not solid, you know? Yeah, bro. I listen to that shit working out in the whip. Fucking out the Bluetooth speaker, out. And any, you're talking about source. one track, right? Yeah, you're one talking about track. one track. This Multiple is over times. and over and over, and that's what makes it like so detailed, right? Because that's that's one thing I noticed about your projection is very detailed. It's not sloppy. It's well thought out. It has its start, beginning, end, right? Yeah. It's it's really well put together. I'm not surprised that you're working with Planet Asia, self provoked. I mean, these guys are the next, these guys are real lyricists and, and to be highlighted on your canvas. I mean, that's crazy, bro. Dream. How does it feel to do, to be like, okay, I make beats, I make beats and you know, these guys want to rap on it, you know? Feels like dreams, bro. Feels like I'm, I'm still in it right now. Like I'm just, uh, peace y'all. Yeah. Um, it feels like. I'm right where I need to be, man, and I know I've come a long way, but I got so much further to go, but it also feels like, bro, there's so many times I've gotten text messages or phone calls or, like, certain answers from fools, and I just, like, I'm in the whip or I'm at home just, like, yes, smacking tables just out of excitement, just, like, because I'm a pretty humble, chill cat, but, like, some of those moments, you just, you can't deny it, man, like, those feeling and the energy and... But well, that's but that type of energy. It's like you're laying a foundation and you're building your brand, and you know those shout outs are going to come. You know those cosigns are going to come. You know that validation is going to come. It just it's a matter of time, right? No, you say some. You hope it does. You go. I hope. I mean, I've done big things in my career, but they're decisions that a record label would make. But I'm the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah. So it it's not like you're trying to hit lightning in a bottle. But 
that lightning in a bottle comes with a certain construct that makes it go into that bottle. That's the way I see it, right? So when you're independent and you're grinding and you're putting out and you're putting out, you don't have the same outlet that a label does that has five people on staff that are doing the things they need to do. And, oh, did you get that poster done? It's not the artist doing it. He took the picture, but he, they send that off to a graphic designer and, you know, that it, it's a mechanism, right, on, on a level of which Nug Life is. Right, because he Man. gets to work with these artists that are high profile. You know, my my grind was, I didn't have, and I'm not saying it as a complaint because I learned so much. You know, that's why I'm able to have conversations with brothers and go deep on the on the business side of it, and the production side of it, and the creative side of it, because I had to do it all. Right, there was no manager that did El Busta. We kind of did it all, all and, of us, and then and then to run with. You know, quote unquote, labeling yourself as an indigenous hip hop artist mm-hmm. that just puts you on a whole different pedestal, in my opinion, because you you put something different on that table. Am I right, Nug Life? Man, yeah, that's if you label yourself as an indigenous artist, you got to live up to that. I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's like that's a whole other degree, bro. Yeah, and even to where, man. I just remember, like, my OGs, like, telling me, you got to work harder even because you're indigenous, bro. Like, you're in a certain Mm -hmm. area. You got to work twice as hard now, bro. Like, don't let that, uh, that's not going to make it easier either. But I guess what I was trying to say, too, is, like, in the music, in the lyrics. And I know a lot of my stuff's very universal hip-hop, but, you know, if you go back to Nug Life 2020, you'll hear, like, young indigenous kid mobbing around Oakland, like, or even to this tape, uh, you'll hear story of Nug Life, certain, uh, certain, uh, I don't want to say subliminal, but just very like, if you know, you know what I'm talking about right. on certain native aspects in the music. And some people, it probably just flies right past them. <laughs> yeah. They don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, you know. Well, every music has its muse or, or what it's about. And Nug Life's is very clear. And that's cool because there's a whole cut, there's a whole culture behind it. I'm a part of that culture, you know? It's not my artistic frame because my artistic frame is the Aztec calendar, the wisdom, the 2012 prophecy, all that other stuff. Everything that Nug Life is doing right now is what I believe in, incorporating indigenous culture in his music, incorporating dope underground hip-hop artists, and then incorporating cannabis I'll tell you why my opinion is that exactly what you just said, because it's less harmful than alcohol. I believe in, in those things. Am I right in a life? It's, it's so vital. Man, the weed helps, helps us get through. It is simplest for our recreational people. It knocks the edge off. But for some of us, we actually really need that shit. Post-traumatic stress, yeah. all that other stuff that we come with, you know? Depression, anxiety. And, yeah. and people could be doing a lot worse shit than weed right now. Like, come on now, bro. But, um, you know, yeah, those are the main things, man. It's, it's the music. You know, I let it speak for itself. Then comes, you know, the man behind the music. And the, the, obviously, Nug Life is what it is. But you don't have to smoke weed to enjoy it necessarily i'm sure there's a nice group of fans that's just like nah i get what you're doing bro i don't right. gotta inhale get it, high off the music and you know what's interesting i want to ask you this as an artist like you just said some people won't understand it mm-hmm. right 
But when you're an artist, you kind of just create. And if you feel it, cool. If you don't feel it, I'm not hurt because you don't feel it. There's a billion people out there. There's more than enough people to say, I like it or I don't like it. And so when you, I've started to create in that manner where it's like, oh, I can't be too controversial. Yeah. And it's like, I my job is to be as controversial as possible, but without it being blatant. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like I just read this website or I saw this YouTube and I wrote this verse. Nah, that's not me. I got to figure out, okay, cool. I saw something. How could I metaphorically put it so that it does it? It goes past your mind and it hits your heart. Mm -hmm. That's what I do with my lyrics. Mm -hmm. I got to go past the mind to hit the heart. Mm -hmm. And some people stay in the mind like, oh, I want to I want to impress the mind. Right. So they're skillful. Whoa, I can't believe. Oh, look at how skillful he is. You know? Yeah. So that's, but my, my, all of our culture as natives, always the, the, the beginning and end is the heart. It's love, man. Yeah. It's all love. And it's, if you, it's an energy, bro. Like if you ain't chasing that, what are you chasing, bro? Yeah. What spirit are you after, bro? You in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't after. Absolutely. Yeah, man, the heart and the love just... You know, we had a cool conversation after the listening session at my, my home studio. It was like me, Self, P, Noah James, Frankie OG. We're just talking about how, like, we're, we're, we're some high motherfuckers in the studio, mm -hmm. man. And yeah. we're just, yeah. you know, Self is very outspoken on his views, especially in these past years politically to where certain people might disagree with him. Even I disagree with him to an extent, but he's still my friend and musical yeah, collaborator. Yeah, that so, shouldn't separate. You know, so it's it's nice to talk about those things. But um, I just remember, yeah, going back to like, he, he was kind of like, bro, I see what you're doing, bro. Like, as long as all of us in this room are trying to challenge ourselves or put something in there, like, um, that's... We, it's kind of a reoccurring topic already in this conversation, but just keeping that energy in rotation, that that love or that uh, creative energy. Like I, I kind of feel like uh, I can be a nucleus for my close camp, like my really close artists. Just as long as I keep going, man, some of these motherfuckers are going to keep going, man. <laughs> well, I see that. Look, vice versa. I understood, like, I told you my story, my musical story, where I, I bump into these individuals who are very influential musically, right? Quinto Solo Reggae Band has been playing 25 years in LA. They've won LA Weekly Awards. They're, they've toured Mexico go. City. They've And they've written it all around, revolving around their culture, right? So the, the way we connect... Is by him going, oh, wow, that's crazy that the OGs talk about that. And for us, it's to appreciate, wow, look at how the new OGs are coming up. Like, the, the, the future OGs, the, how they're coming up, you know. And for us not to criticize, but to accept, understand that the sun creates many different versions of, they don't have to be our version. I didn't force my children to follow this road. Yeah, I showed them this road. And if they ever get lost, they know what road to follow back home. That's, and that's what we have to create with our generational link. Yeah. Right? It, it's like you're going, you guys are in this room, but it's all of you guys are in the same age bracket. Yeah. Right? Trying to find an answer. Right? You're trying to go, 
we're trying to keep this going forever and ever and it's difficult and it costs money and sometimes we hit or miss maybe sometimes it's a long string of it like but shit. you know what i mean like yeah. handling music business is hard bro do you have, do you have a machine behind you nug life like a, you know a team of five six people you know doing things for you or are you just full-blown full independent you know you control what you what you envision i wanted to talk about this too i thought about this coming in like i was wondering if you were going to ask me about the team or how that works um to be honest, man, I'm a one-man show for the most part, you know. I got certain homies that can do certain shit. Um, but I have to know how to do all that stuff, too. Like sample? Do you have to sample clear? Do you have to do things like that? I clear my samples all myself, man. A lot of my video edits, like, I'd say, like... Oh, so you do the videos? Uh, not the... So th this past video, I had my boy edit, you know, and that helped take some relief off of me. Mm. I got my right-hand man, Yazid, who does a lot of my photos, who was here last time with us. Um, really, though, man, like, I have people I confide in. Like, I don't have the engine yet running. Because I, I feel like I'm at this weird place to where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm hitting this point to where, like, I'm this one-man show with multiple hats on. Mm. And it's working right now, but I'm also in the weird position of like, all right, I kind of need some team members that believe in me now to where they might be able to be down to work for a little less with the future potential insight to make more mm. than they might think they could possibly make. Mm. So I'm in this gray zone, I think, right now of like, all right, I know I can manage everything, but to get to this next couple albums, like, all right, maybe I'm going to have to fucking... Get some interns. Yeah, have teach someone how to clear the samples so I don't got to clear the samples mm. next time. You know, teach people how I do on my admin paperwork or marketing run through so I cannot trip off that. Um, but for the most part, you know, my my team consists of like dope visual artists, dope cameraman, a um, couple dope music homies. But um, yeah, man, I need to uh, I need to turn up the notch next season and really get a nice. Uh, just like fucking group of employees damn near. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I ran a business for two years that, that was running, not running, that generated $2 million. So I know, I know what it's like to manage money and have employees and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But to do it in, for music, I'm, I'm starting to realize it's not the same principles and you have to have certain things. But he just described clearing samples that's boring and it takes a long hours. time and you have to take hours and hours and probably stay on hold on the phone and it's not fun work fortunately we have Tracklib, so once you get into it it'll only take like an hour sample so check out Tracklib, everybody okay so there's resources Please. now see and that's beautiful that that he's sharing and that you know me i didn't know about that yeah. and i and i produce things too so man it's but what I'm trying to say in terms of what Nug Life said about being in this room and trying to sustain this energy, because it's not easy. You're already He's already describing maybe four or five hours of work that isn't fun, that isn't smoking out and, you know, being in the studio. If you start to realize those are very short moments. Yeah. You know? Right. But what I value the most is like, it's very similar to my situation where, 
essentially I, I do have a group around me, but when it comes to the bread and pudding, I'm a one man show. Yeah. And Nug Life fully understands that you have to at least put in that effort to be the one man show to even get it to the next level. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I spent 200 grand. I've seen that, so many artists that. or people, you know, try to, you know, jump through these hoops with the team already in place. They have no relevance. Yeah. Am I right, Nug Life? Man. And we've all been through that in the grimy underground hip hop business that we are all surrounded in. Right. Dog eat dog world, bro. Protect yourself, your mental health, your health first and more first and foremost, because like it's even trippy like watching what just happened with X, bro, and like Black Rob and just saying like I'm sitting back while asking myself, like, where were the peers, bro? Yeah. Where are your fucking peers to help you make it through this? And it's like, I'm just sitting back like, I hope my peers and those that I can help are, are there to help me or reciprocate. Don't let me end up like that. Even if I make some bad decisions on my own right. to go do whatever, whatever. But like, I'm just like, fuck, that's how this game is. All right. Now let me really understand what the fuck is going on around me. Right. And uh, so hopefully my camp can be more enriched and empowered and shit, man. But um. You yeah. can't waste time with everybody, too. <laughs> well, it, and that's just another aspect of 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 what we're talking about. We're, what we just finished clearing about three minutes ago was put put the paper here, you know, follow up with the phone call. That's something different than what he just finished saying. Like, who am I doing? Who am I building with? The only re- look, the reason I do this podcast is because Arm- I've seen Armando when he was younger <laughs> and he used to come up to me after a show and say, hey, man, I'm a big fan. And he never stopped telling me that he was a big fan. No shit. It's not Since like- I was 16 years old, bro. Whoa. Yeah. That's beautiful. We have a very long relationship. And I think the medicine- I was at all those shows with, I suppose, back when we were, you know, 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with XP. Yeah. You know, shit. like I would see them in the room. I wasn't aware of them because at that time they were ball headed gangsters. Yeah, they look a little different <laughs> from That's the valley. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. That's and back in 2001, 2002, it was all word of mouth, Nug Life. Yeah. It was all just like, you know, a, a kid in high school saying, bro, there's going to be a dope underground hip hop show. Mm-hmm. Bro, there's going to be a dope indigenous hip hop show. Imagine in 2001, Nug Life, you're like, I'm there. Yeah. <sighs> and like, and like he's like, you know, like Nug Life said, when you start spinning about our culture, like you better know what you're talking about and know how dedicated we are. And just to get a background, I mean, obviously he comes from a different generation, but you know, Elvu was born in 2002 and we went to 2012, which was the great shift, the Mayan, the Mayan uh, procession. Mm. So everything we wrote about was about that moment. So once that moment passed, it seemed like it got deflated and then messages went a different way. You know, they have their message with Wewet Latoli. And then I have Zero and then my own beat making career, which is going to come after I make this few singles. Right. But I, I, I guess what happened was exactly what Nug Life kind of just described. The boring part of it, the hard part of it. Nobody jumps in to do that. And if you're hungry enough because you spent 18 hours trying to make this beat or, you know, whatever it was, you gotta do it and it's almost like taking out the trash or doing the dishes and and if you do that for you know 18 years you'll get frustrated Mm. 
And then now I met you, and so things are different now. But I still have my catalog. It's still relevant. And I think and remember the, the our answer first to what you were saying about DMX and all that, just create a kick-ass catalog. If you create a kick-ass catalog, you'll find somebody to work with you. Because that's what happened with me and Mondo. I have a kick-ass catalog. And he's all, you're working with anybody? And I said, no. And he's all, okay, well, let's work. And that's what we're doing. Nigga Life, keep in mind, our first ever underground hip-hop blog event, when we launched, 2012, we were like, who are we going to headline? We had two headliners. We had Gavlin and Zero of Elvu. Wow. Yeah. Very dope. It was, yeah, it's like a long history. Like, you know... <laughs> It's, it's a long history. You wish that everybody was like... And we were greedy at the time. We were like, look, me and my brother looked at each other like, yo, it's our first blog event. Who should we book? Well, let's just book our favorite artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gavlin was dope. Fun. You know, and that yeah. was the day we got Gavlin's first ever video interview. Oh, wow. That's on YouTube. Wow. No one had ever interviewed you prior to that, to that event that you were at, that you co-headlined. Absolutely. So we're all part and we're all connected. We're all part of this energy. Am I right, Nug Life? Yeah, because like, that means you guys were part of the inspiration that I was having in high school and shit. You know what I mean? Like, whether it was direct or not, it was right. all ar- it was all around. Because I'm sitting back with Mike Pro in an apartment in Covina off a $40 Go mic recording our first shit, which is not so good as now. But yeah. we're sitting back and he's showing me organized threat and rev and pro era. And we're exchanging all this music. And yeah. It's uh, so yeah, you, you know that that was something I was on the outside looking in at the time, you know. But um, being an MC during the time he was describing was not like it wasn't as easy. It's just started becoming that where it's like, oh, dude, I wrote these bars and I want to do it, you know. <laughs> I mean, and then prior to that, in '99, when I made my first hip hop record with Calpuli, right? That was my first hip hop record in. 1999 and i did that with uh asr 10 and instruments i always had like a different production approach like i wanted to be a traditional producer like get the best musician to play this part okay i hear it it's there stop okay cool next you know and build it like quincy jones or something like that you know that's the kind of approach i take to my beats right but I see you as a hardware producer. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's much. the era yeah. you you came from, yeah. and then you made it sound so dope. Yeah. Well, it just happens. Like, it's crazy. Like you just get it in, almost like, is doper, bro. Analog hardware, bro. Like the the ruggedness. Yeah. And I know that the, how it goes through the machine can add a certain like texture or whatever it may be, and like. Well, you can EQ it. You can mess with the frequency inside that thing and then run it through a, a, a mixer and then EQ it there, yeah. you know, and then compress it, come out and then go into Pro Tools. So there's a chain of things that make it sound raw. Like, I, I like, like, Flying Lotus. I like, like, beats that can eventually, if you hear them long enough, they're kind of taking you into a certain frequency or space. Right. I'm at that place, you know, where it's not just, you know, crafting. I remember when I first got my and I started my first beats on a Korg Trident. And I was like, I had it for two weeks, dude. I was about to throw it out the window. I was so frustrated. I was so mad. I was like, (laughs) man, this is not. And then I went, 
oh, if I go to Guitar Center, someone will show me how to do it. Yeah. And so I went to Guitar Center and I was like, hey, how do you show me how to use this? And he's like, well, you pull up here. And I was like, there's that button. <laughs> I was like, yes. that's the button. And then so next thing you know. I'm, I'm sure that was before everybody had a YouTube on how to do everything. On oh, tutorials. there was no YouTube so back then. Like, was, you have to have the fucking passion, bro, at that time. Yeah, like, it was it was very. And then when he <laughs> showed me it and then I go, OK, but and then he's like, don't forget to put in the disc. And I was like, what disc? What size? What is it? And it was those IBM discs, you know, where the ones that you use for like the ASR 10 or. You know, those floppy disks. Yeah. It wasn't a hard Even drive or... The old MPCs have them too. Yeah, the old the MPCs, yeah. The sound cards. We had to do like four of them to get like, you know, <laughs> a long sample. Man, imagine ridiculous. How, how ridiculous that was. And yeah. then having to store it. Yeah. And then not and then you like lose one of them. Oh, no. And like, oh, man. So it doesn't load all the way. Oh. It only loads like three things or whatever. Nowadays, dude, download Reason, you can make a whole project on it. <laughs> But what is backups. your medium? You, what, what's uh, your medium? Man, right now I'm in Ableton rocking the MP, or I'm in Ableton rocking the Ableton push, but I was using the uh, Native Instruments uh, Machine Micro when I was younger. Okay. And the thing is, they have their own software with Machine Micro that's like standalone or works in every software. So I fucking, I still use the machine. Beatpad software with the fucking Ableton push uh-huh. in Ableton. So I'm sure people probably trip out if they ever see me pull up native instruments in Ableton. But um, I have an MPC at home too, like an old Dilla one. And I'm just like, bro, I be trying to wrap my head around. I'm like, it's crazy being uh, like starting in this digital age and then trying to move backwards. Like that's a crazy concept. I feel like yeah. that's hard to grasp to where like you're moving from analog to digital. So I know you're just like, nah, like this... We've been at it, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And uh, I know there's probably a time where they made fun of, like, computer producers back in the day, like, watching old videos and shit, but... I, I, you know, when it when I saw it, I kind of saw how Flying Lotus could make such an intricate beat yeah. when you're taking that digital approach. I, I don't know if he's going to load 50 samples into an MPC. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. But, see, that's the thing about being an artist. you got to do the things that no one else is going to do. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, being a graffiti artist, you're not going to tag like the other famous graffiti artists or the guy that got most walls. You're going to tag like your own style. So you have to go, well, this is what I'm going to do. So no producer will follow my road because that's what you want. You don't want no producer to follow your road. You want to sound like yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Off tops, bro. Off top. And I think working with those type of machines do that, you know? Yeah, because I saw this YouTube of Dilla, and how he broke down or how he chopped up certain samples, mm. right on the MPC, mm. and it was a certain setup. And what I noticed is like, oh, he's setting it up like a trumpet or like a saxophone, yeah, like in those type of ranges and notes. So when he hits that sample, it's like, oh, it's like doing this, yeah. you know. And I was like, boom, boom, and I was like, oh, wow. Sick. Now I got to apply it to, you know, and you do little things like that. Yeah. And then you can apply it to digital and then the world gets even double. Right. Right. Because you know that. But going back, when you have an NPC in front of you and you hit a pad and nothing comes out of it, that's kind of frustrating, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. You're just trying to like map shit out right. You know, like, especially when I come from like a something that I'm 
fluent in and I'm yeah. just like hitting these walls. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm sure it'll, because uh, I'm sure it'll help me once I get over it because it's like, if I were to, if somebody were to ask me to like, how do I get started DJing Nugs? Because I used to kind of DJ a little mm. heavier too when I was mm. younger. And I would say, go analog first. Mm. Grab some wax. Mm -hmm, You'll mm -hmm. get a much better understanding of BPMs and records. And then when you get that computer Serato, you know what I mean, tractor, then you just hit sync. See, if you start by hitting sync, you're not going to get the fucking old right. shit. You know what right. I mean? Right. So I guess that's my analogy for my beat making because I do understand like certain analog aspects of other areas. Um, yeah, man, it's a trip. It's a trip. It, it, it's the era of like preciseness. So when you're, when you're creating digitally, it's going to sound right on all the time. Yeah, because you can warp shit too. You can move little parts of the sample. Right, and right, right. Really get tech with it. And it still be on time. Yeah. Without having to go into that specific pad and yeah. adjust the frequency of like it's a whole different medium of 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 creating music, right? It's a it's a beautiful world today, right? <laughs> and I'm sure ten years from now I might be in your chair talking to a youngin like, God damn, the shit we had and the shit you have, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> At some point, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, because. Uh, that's the first thing I ask when when I meet a producer. Like, What's your medium? Like, how do you do it? You know, yeah. and sometimes they'll they'll be open about it, and sometimes they won't because that's your style. You gotta unmute. You. When a producer approaches you like that, hey, how do you do it? Mm. You could tell if they're just like trying to know, just to know, mm. to like bite your style or to mimic you, mm. or yeah. a, like a genuine like, hey, yo, how do you do that as a fellow producer? Yeah. Right, yeah, and definitely. then you kind of give them a little bit more when you kind of know they're not gonna take any weight. You gotta gauge them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh, here's one that I do. I start. I don't. I like. I nowadays I see producers and they bring their pads and they they play live. Right, they'll play their beat live, like you were suggesting, but we didn't have the hookups. But um, I don't do that. I make a beat in a totally different way and totally different structure. I don't even play like that. You know, I don't play my drum beats like that. I use a snare and I use that snare and I fill in my kicks, layering them until it sounds like, right? And if I have to eliminate some, I will. Facts. But I still kind of layer. I don't do it like playing a pad like most producers do. Like DJ Warlock One, who produced Doctrine of Discovery, he plays pads. Shout and out Warlock. Play, yeah, Warlock One. So, yeah, I don't do it like that. I, if you ask me, hey, do a live beat set, I'd be like, ugh. Like, do I can't you know do how a a Anthro produces? Because, you know, Anthro has a couple tracks that he produced for you, right? On, on, on your last mixtape. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Anthro is crazy because I suppose brought him. And he's like, hey, bro, my little cousin, like, he really wants to meet you. And I was like, dude, you're I suppose, bro. I've known you forever. Why are you asking me? Say less. And then he ends up being anthro. He's like, dude, he's a big fan. He's, he's like, dude, I'm a big fan of your music, bro. Like, I'm a big fan of it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, he makes good beats. And then he starts showing me beats. I was like, oh, my fucking Lord. I go, he's a beast. Yeah, he was pretty dope. Yeah. I've been using his uh, recent beat pack. He dropped a beat pack, and I seen that shit on the gram. Loki used that on... Some of his drums are in track three on the beat dispensary out of his beat pack, actually. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. 
Anthro, man, and then it was I suppose his cousin, and you know the history's crazy. Like, it, you know, Fora was performing in my gallery on on First Street in the Art District. You know, when I had a gallery there, I suppose comes. I, I said this story with him, but I'll say it again. He's all, yeah, hey, I have an artist. It's about eighty people are gonna be here. It's like eighty people, dude. There was a fucking line, like if it was the Palladium, bro. <laughs> Little girls with like fucking. Fucking ready to pay the ten dollars to get in, <laughs> and then a, a line of little girls, dude. I mean it, dude. Down the block, like I thought they were gonna call the cops and shit. There was that many people, but you know that's that's the that's the cool thing about this next movement because you're kind of there, bro. In my opinion, you know, you're kind of like Fora, but in your own way, because you're young. Uh, off the camera, you we, did it independently. Off the camera, we 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 were talking about that infamous cipher effect circle. Mm. That that one video that for a SP devour, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who else was in there, mm-hmm. but like you said it, like there was one that just really took off to the moon, yeah, which was for, and and you know what I, I was I know how he did it, and he didn't do it traditionally with music, he did it with his clothing brand, because that was the one thing that they wanted, they wanted to see him play, but they wanted the shirt and they wanted now the that being said. I have to mention Nug Life. I work in DTLA. I drive from Whittier to DTLA every day. I drive around DTLA all the time. I'm seeing your billboards everywhere. <laughs> that shit is like a magnet. It, it literally, my fiance was sitting ne- next to me the other day. I don't know where she's like, what the hell are you looking at? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, that's a Nug Life banner. It's the homie. Billboard, <laughs> that's the homie right there. I'm, pr- I'm proud of that kid. You know, we've been promoting him for years, and now he's up there, you know, not just on one banner, but multiple. So nice. kudos to you, Nug Life, for actually making it happen. Screw all the naysayers. Put out those billboards, because honestly, it's working. And screw digital billboards. I don't believe in that at all. That's a scam. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, bro. You know, sometimes you just got to take a fucking leap. <sighs> mm. When you, you know, I'm lucky for the few people I did mention that I do ha- have around me and mm. those who want to help invest in me and invest in themselves, too. Like, there's nothing better than doing that. <clears throat> Talking about investing in crypto and stocks and all the craziness and it's like invest in yourself, fam. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's that's what I really wanted to do and um, make a statement. It was time to make a statement, you know, that, that was the biggest thing. And, uh, yeah, bro. That's cool, man. And so, so what is it like, you know, you, I see the hat, you know, and you have, you know, some tattoos that, that represent your, your lineage. Where where are you from? Or do you, do you know, or man, how does that work? Yeah. So shout out to grandma Nugs. Uh She's the, the full bloodline out of Uh the family, Uh you know? A uh, beautiful native woman. She is originally from New Mexico, Laguna Pueblo. And uh, so in her younger years, uh, sh- they kind of like relocated to Southern California to El Cap, to mm. El Capitan Grande, because her pops was from the Laguna Pueblo in New Mexico. But her mom, Dukes, was from El Capitan Grande, uh, which is like, uh, underwater aqueduct type of oh, wow. like 
reservation like that's what they're known for like ramona water like if you look at where water comes from like bro like i'd say four to five times out of ten you'll see ramona and that's coming from like the uh, barona reservation sequan viejas and uh there's a couple more but we're actually all one but through like government bullshit Mm. We kind of started butting heads and shit, so we're mm. our own mm. entities really close nearby, if you will, our own reservations, <clears throat> a.k.a. my dad likes to call them, like, concentration camp type yeah. shit, like, you, you know go. what I mean? Y'all gave us, like, no resources, motherfuckers got to come up here to bring us gas to have a hot shower, or, that's you know crazy. what I mean? Yeah. Luckily, we got the water over there, so that's our resource, but... um. And voice it, and voice it. Yeah. This is this is the platform to do it, right, Zero? Well, you know, that was the idea of LA Natives, you know, to tell our story of mm-hmm. genocide. But on my perspective, bro, like, I've been studying it for a very long time, so zero, I let loose. Zero calls them concentra- concentration uh, camps all day, every big day. Big day. That's not, that's not, genocide is not something that they do lovingly. <laughs> they try to screw you as best as they can, and if they find more resources, they'll take that too. Right. Yep. So if yep. you know, we just saw the Natani memes, um, uh, brothers Russell memes. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. who Russell memes is. I'm not hip. I'm not R- hip. Russell memes is one of the biggest activists in the 70s. He okay. was hardcore, dude. He used Word. to go up to like you look him up when okay. you have that's a good, yeah, that's a good person to kind of yeah. get inspiration from. Bet. Him and uh, John Trudell. Okay, so everybody in LA natives they got to do some homework. So Russell memes, John Trudell, anyways. Um, Russell Memes just had the, the the documentary that he just did. And I lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> it was Natani Means' documentary, right. the uh, the Standing Rock. Right, the Standing okay, Rock documentary. Okay. So there's, a, there's a, a youth movement that happened to be indigenous that are doing hip-hop music, right? And so we always try to not be political. This is not political, mm-hmm. but factual. Right? Oh, man. Factual. And colonizers stole, raped, and there's no soft pillow for them here. And we call it out. But anyways, you have issues at your reservation, and it's not surprising. Because they are concentration camps that we in the city go, oh, he has a reservation. Like, like if it's some cool shit. Like, oh, yeah, it's cool there. Yeah. It's not cool there. It's not camp. Yeah. You know, they're not... Riding on horses and, you know, doing ceremonies. It's a very, very dark place. And we need to bring that out. And that's the point of what we're, you know, you know how you said, fuck that, fuck the government. We started saying that in 99, right? Because in 94, they said that that's the rise of the Six Sun Prophecy, which is when the Zapatistas rose from, rose from up in Mexico, Mexico started the war that kind of created a whirlwind of interest in this culture mm-hmm. like not just kind of like how you are into cannabis well we were into this mm-hmm. you know what i mean just figuring it out going to ceremonies going to sweat lodges really engaging ourselves in this message and so so dope we created a platform for brothers like you that maybe are very a part of it or maybe not. It doesn't matter. Mm. We're one community. Yeah. That's what matters. Say amen to that, bro. And it's yeah. like, 
Yeah, man, that shit is a concentration camp. And it's like my pops, shout out to my pops. He lives out there on the res in uh, East County, San Diego in the cuts, bro. Mm. It's 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 not cool out there, bro. Like it's it is peaceful, though. I love to visit him down there, get away from all this craziness. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's like the minute you leave the res into Santee and Lakeside, it's like you got all these Trump supporters and shit and just negative energy it's mm. kind of crazy bro but um it was it's dope that so my grandma back in the day kind of she was one that kind of didn't know but set out and came to la when she must have been like somewhere between like 18 years old you know what oh, i'm okay. saying so had Me- in, new mexico uh actually she was already in barona growing up as a kid okay. in san diego but oh, okay okay a lot of her family never really like left the res, so mm. she was the first one to kind of like start a life, oh. move to LA, take mm. a leap. Mm. So I think a lot of my leaps come from her too. Just like, oh yeah, you were the one that is just like trying to just set out, but also like maintain. And and uh, so it's really dope that um, you know my pops was born in the projects in LA, like she lived in the projects in LA and she even tells me like at the time it wasn't even that bad in the projects. Like <laughs> it was kind of nice. Like, and it's, it's funny to hear shit like that. And every time I meet with her and I try to visit her every week and make her some food or something and kick it at the house. That's cool. But it, some, somehow, some way it always just ends up her telling me just like stories back mm. in the day, just all the good times on the res and, you know, like even pull up down there and like her house is there, like kind of like in rubble now at this point, mm. like a monument to me. Like, yo, this is crazy to see this. Mm. I stop by there and just smoke sometimes and just kick it and just like, oh, my God, like just taking all the energy and imagine what it was like. But um, yeah, just some thoughts as you were talking. I was, I'm just ranting. So. No, that's cool. Yeah. Well, we asked you that, you know, how do you connect with that? And obviously it's very light in your music. It's not about your music, but you came in with a cool hat that, that represents a lot of things to a lot of people on this Turtle Island. And, and that, that's my point is that you don't have to be in depth, you know, spitting philosophy to be on this show. We want to introduce the younger generation to some work that we did in the past that kind of fills that voice that you just showed on our thing about because you don't really sit down with your artist friends and go hey it sucks at the res man <laughs> like yeah no it's, that's not your thing and, and that's okay that doesn't have to be your thing we say that shit yeah. because artists I, I was always, when I got into really writing my lyrics, I got inspired by the most rebellious artists. And oh, I asked, yeah. why? Because we hate colonialists, imperialists, people who take advantage of children. These are the people that are completely not a part of our system of, or way of thinking or even want to be around. Right. And sometimes you can see that in overlays of music or business or, or whatever you see that mentality. That's what we are pointing out. It's not your color of skin. Like a lot of people give us heat because we say white people. But it's, that's not what we're saying. We're saying people who disrespect water, who disrespect the land, who disrespect the air. Right. Have no fucking idea how to be a human. So they treat humans badly. 
that's what we're confronting. And that could be any color. You could be black. You could be Asian. You could be Mexican. It doesn't matter. Your fucking mentality is very clear. And that's what we point out here. And we try to feature artists that, you know, you don't have to be a part of that message, but it's there. (laughs) And, you know, the history is there in that life. Man, it's uh, you go to the res and you feel (laughs) the history just hitting you. Right. Yeah. And I made a lot of Nug Life 2020 on the res in quarantine, too, because I was fucking when COVID first started, I moved in with my pops down there for a Mm -hmm. while. I was Mm -hmm. just like, fuck, it's safer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) City's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. So. You hear a lot of it in Nug Life 2020, too. Mm. And even if it's not directly speaking on natives or indigenous, it's like, nah, but the system, like anti-system. And a lot of times it's other artists speaking for me. So that's why it may be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I heard, so one, of, I heard one, of, one of the tracks on, on uh, I guess it's that album, but he, he was, you know, very conscious about what's happening. And I think he mentioned a little probably bit about. Probably Issa, yeah. Gold, maybe. On long flights, or? I think so. Long flights. That's exactly the song that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Zay, Zay, bro. Zay. She's indigenous. She's she always native. brings that to the table in the stew. Like one of our songs, retrograde. You know what I mean? Mm. Like she said, don't let that white man get you down. Like, and it's like, it, it's not about all white people. Like we know, and those who know know who we're talking to. You know exactly. what I mean? Because we got white homies in the hood that. There, we don't see anything, bro. We don't see any color. You know what I mean? Like, even this Asian hate shit's crazy because it's like, you pull up to Oakland, bro. Is ain't that ain't happening there, bro? That mm-hmm. ain't happening in the Bay. That ain't happening really out here. That I see like blatantly. Like we, I don't know, man. It's a fog they're putting on us, bro. Because it's like, from what I experience in life, for the most part, like we're all we all pretty happy and metropolitan areas mm-hmm. for, for what I know um, mm-hmm. it's when you get in these funky middle of nowhere but but um yeah thank you guys for having me on the platform to, to to speak and it's like I know I'm like subtle with with the native gestures but it's like embedded in me and like my pops even he warns me he's like you know what I mean like do what you gotta do bro it's, you know pay pay your taxes bro like yes. stay off the fucking radar bro yes He's heard certain shit embedded in my music where he's like, I don't like that. Mm. He's like, I like I know what you're standing for, bro, but like he, like intro track to Nug Life 2020, he was like, ah, like, and I'm just like, you know, like mm. he's warned me not to uh get on the bad radar, mm. but he also knows I love that shit too. That that fuck you, fuck mm. the government music. Mm. Like mm. he knows that's in me. So Of course he's gonna I, worry. Yeah, so in it. I think as my platform gets bigger, I will be able to do that more because I don't want to feel like I'm like the man or the whatever's the system shuts me down too early. So Mm. as I go on, I think I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to grow older and I'm going to hopefully have some dope ass sessions on the res and like build a studio at his house and bring these dope artists I'm working with out there for like a weekend or a week at a time. That'd be dope. So it's like my mind, like... I know that that's there too, and and when it's my time too to give back to that, whether it's directly to my res or just to like indigenous kids in the city, both. You know what I mean? Like that's I I sit down and I get I'm in the lab, and these are notes that I take to myself, just like mm. you know what I mean. Remember, mm. <clears throat> and uh, well, you yeah, know, man. you know, you know, 
since since you're not the only one like life this this podcast has the same philosophy as yours to to build a platform to give back to the community right yes. zero yes that's our whole mission like if we could create an economic platform because i think instead of look we've been through protesting bro and and i'm meeting a lot of people your age right last night i went to natani i mean the a couple of nights ago i went to natani means and and this young cat i've never met him before but he is like really into my music and like he's young like you but has influence he has a good musical sound he has he's just dope and he's really into like man you guys are the ogs and what you did before and this and that and what i'm trying to tell you is we as artists have a heart that's like bigger than the world and we want to solve something what can we do to solve this horrific thing that's happening in front of us interesting and you know what you could do yeah, go ahead. you know what you could do what's that be the dopest producer and make the dopest song that's it that's all you have to do your job is not to cure the world your job is to convince people that the world is a beautiful place even yeah. though bad things happen that's what that's your job that's it just do that if you do that people will continue to listen to your music because jaguar prophecies was released in 2002 and this young kid was probably about fucking five years old mm. crazy but make music like that. Put all that love. Put all that love that your pop said into that. You don't have to say fuck the government. But you could say, I don't like being displaced. I don't like being marginalized. I don't I want to say the true history of what you did. You abducted children, you raped them, you put them into um, um boarding boarding school. What is that? Boarding care schools or whatever the fuck they call Random them. Random families and shit. Exactly. Like, they the put fuck? people on trains and shoved them way in the fuck over there in the Dakotas when they're they're from California. And you know, you created a mess and then go, Oh, but that happened so long ago. You should be cool. Are you cool? No, you disrupted everything. And if I want to write about it, I have to be so sharp and so accurate that there's no argument. That's the way I take my lyrics. Yeah. I am fucking sharp and accurate so that there's no fucking argument from anyone. And I use the creator to help me do that. And I love all this medicine. And I love knowing now, I've known you for years and, and to have that, that element in your catalog to give back to not only the community, but the indigenous native reservation, like your homeland. Right. Wow. So I also do superfood smoothies. Right. And Mm. I got into mineral based foods. Yes. And so my dream, right. This is the whole dream. Instead of having a major record deal and oh look at my penthouse in fucking LA and look at my nice car. I would rather create a tour that takes my mineral powder to the reservations where there's lacking mineral Mm. for free. We did this crazy concert here, generated a bunch of money, and this is our give back to them. Fire. Why? Because we love them. Yeah. Because the orphans that were displaced by Spaniards for 500 years are working together to create that to happen. And that's the way we subtly give back. Yeah. We cure that wanting to cure. Yeah. Because we can't cure shit. You can just... Be the biggest ripple effect you can. Absolutely. And bigger picture. You know and your I mean? music does that. Keep doing that. Thank you, bro. 
Because it's so really professional. It, it, it's not easy to make professional music like that. Yeah. I would actually consider your music medicine. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Especially for the, the youth yeah. at these reservations. For them to know that, hey, this is a dope producer. Goes by Nug Life. And he loves cannabis. I love cannabis. Right? I've been talking In to North about, Dakota. In Iowa. Like, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. You could do that. And like, you are. You probably are doing it. That would be sick, bro. Like, even as you said, like, how you want to go to the res with your minerals, mm-hmm. with the with the superfoods for them. Like, a lot put people on game, you know what I mean? And, yeah. like, even if I could do something to, like, pull up to certain reservations at some point and, yeah, g- come to that aspect of things and yeah. kind of do a tour off that, that way would be crazy. Because they deserve it. I, 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 as an artist, have got inspiration by, like, Nina Simone, by, like, artists that wanted to say and do something. And if they, maybe they did a little bit, but how can I improve on what they did? What can my focus be, right? Because I have a heart that's, like, wants to cure something, but I can't cure it. Yeah, I just want to do it, you know. So, so what's my best? What's my best thing is to contribute to it, right? So I write poetry. I create LA natives. I find brothers like you, and I try to make an intergenerational connection with your respect, with no judgment. This is who you are. The great son, Tonatu, the Aztec calendar, the Tonal Machio. It shines on everybody, bro. And our and our and our lineage understood it to a T. And that's our message. And we'll, we'll, that's what we've been Masatzin, Nug Life. I mean, we're trying to create our own culture that's inclusive to everyone, but fucking respect us because that shit's over. Not respecting us because we protect ourselves. Right. And keep in mind that the first element that's propelling all this is hip hop yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. That's sure. even more amazing, right? So now we're creating conversations, incorporating indigenous talk, showcasing indigenous artists. And then, you know, what's moving it all. It's not just hip hop, right? It's underground hip hop. Yeah. That's what's even more important to me. And because, what- because Nug Life comes from the underground hip hop community. Right. And the people that he worked with, like Planet Asia, they're not mainstream artists. They're artists that work three times, four times, five times as hard just to be relevant, just to even have a name in L.A. Mm. Right. They're, they're that I know that road. You know, I've been in that road. You know, you work really hard and hopefully some people acknowledge you. And when we went to Natani Means, man, I got a flood of kids just, you know, wow, into the music. I'm like tripping going. Well, I guess YouTube does. <laughs> Even at the end of that show, yeah. I, n- I noticed you had a circle of kids just, you know. And that just comes your... with the knowledge that I'm trying to share, right? That just, that's, it's cool to be on a platform where you can explain your music, right? You, yeah. Whatever I'm talking to you is, you can picture what my lyrics could be. And I'll picture them 10 times better because I spend a lot of time on them. So that's, but that's a part of being who we are. Nug Life, it's not surprising that he's that talented and that dope because indigenous people have an artism, an art to them that's like, it's just, 
it's it's proper connection right like there's a lot of people that are of indigenous descent that we don't even know because they don't recognize it right they're just like oh yeah i happen to be right yeah. but they're very profound artists yeah right that shit's a trip man it, like, it, go ahead. just just to finish the point real quick though how much has indigenous things not just art we'll conceptualize the art later but cacao which is chocolate that affects the globe they went to europe and they went crazy on it you know what i mean corn proliferated globally we've affected the continent and the globe very so now you can put your art into that you can be that piece that's what my message is to the community just put your piece and i would suggest anyone that's going to be listening to this on our archives on twitch or youtube or if you're on spotify right now make sure you guys follow nug life yeah you know all you have to do is fire just, music honestly just google nug life and his whole catalog will pop oh. up preferably let's visit his website yeah oh. it's nuglife.com is it not perfect yes. perfect perfect <laughs> <laughs> you know let's not funnel anyone to social media you yeah, know, you nah, know zero. Nah, nah, I'm, nah. I'm, I'm not into that. Right. Yeah, tap nah. into that website. You'll see that email subscribe joint. You hit yeah. that email subscribe. You'll get more than I give you on social media. And you know what I mean. That's where it gets. That's where it gets real. That's that's a genius approach at music. He's building on his tribe. That's cool. And that's what it's about. And, and that's our approach, right? Yeah. Zero. Do I not always mention to you that it's the website and subscribe? Yeah. Yes, that right? email. What happens when Instagram becomes a MySpace? Yeah, exactly. Which it's already there. Yeah, it's already there. You, they, Armando says it perfectly. And what I try to tell people is, it's a business. It's not free. It's not the public library. It's not like I got to control this. They're like, yeah. oh, you got a lot of followers. All right, well, let's start pulling back your shit. You know, yeah. you're gonna pay for ads. Okay, it's like twisting your arm. But when you go to a website and you become a tribe, and there's a reason why you want to sign up to the to the email is because. This generous individual or organization is going to give you something, something, whatever it is, it, whether it be information about new music, whether it be information about new merchandise that they put out. Because another aspect of L.A. natives is to be very clear. Everyone we're bringing is independent. No one has other than Taboo. Taboo had his own little thing, but he did it on an independent level. Right. But you got to support everything, everything. Masatin, Nug Life. Buy a shirt. It's gonna be, it's gonna be original because he's not mainstream, but very exclusive and very dope. And you'll like it. That's the whole point. Or at least go to the website and check it out. Because when we build an economic platform, then protests go away. You have money. And you can protect yourself. Yeah. That's the way we need to do it. The first time I got that wake-up call was when fucking... <clears throat> remember when SoundCloud went out and then Chance bought it? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going to happen to all this shit? Yep. You know what I mean? But before Chance bought it, I was like, boom, everything has to stay on the website now. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. To the most extent. <laughs> and then your tribe, the, the tribe that you create should buy hard copy things. Should buy... You, your job is to be as ex exclusive as... Because that's the time that we're in right now at this moment this very moment it's about yeah. where is that at 
because it's not in a major flyer and they're not because no one's advertising in that way because of the situation we're in. I like to talk about the situation we're yeah. in, but I don't like to point it out. Yeah. Right. That's obvious. Mm. I always talk about the situation. It's over exaggerated. There's yeah. no need for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But I don't get pointed out because I never say it. Yeah. Right. And keep need- in mind, guys, that's going to be coming to our Patreon very, very soon, guys. I know we've had so many fans. DM us, email us, approach us in person, asking us when we're dropping the Patreon. And best believe within the next 14 days, we're going to release it. Zero. Absolutely. Because it's about information, man, and supporting our community and creating dope things. And now we have like, I felt like I have a brother now. Like Nug Life is like somebody that we fuck with. right? He's like, you know, you know, I mean, he's right in the culture and, and that that's my job is to be the intergenerational link. Because once we create that strong bond and create an economic platform, then we don't need to beg anybody or any government because government is just like the LA Times or McDonald's. It's a establishment that's for hire to control masses of people. Yeah. That's all that is. So don't wait for them to help you. If they were going to help you, they would have helped you already. And I see so many artists today putting all their eggs in that Instagram basket or Facebook basket. Yeah. And little mm-hmm. do they know, like, Nug Life knows what time it is with Underground Hip Hop Blog. It's all about our website mm-hmm. and our subscriber yeah. base. Why? Because essentially it's the most affordable way in marketing because we could just reach out to them via email. Mm-hmm. And the email is where the information lies. I remember when I was a kid, we played the Roxy Theater. And... Uh, and... It was on another K-Rock kind of style band, but I just recalled this this memory of our guitarist being older than us and graduating from GIT in Hollywood. So there was a bunch of bands that go to there. And so he came back one day with the strategy. He's all, we're creating a, a mail list, like mm. a physical mail list. So when we played the shows, he collected 150 physical mails, like addresses. Crazy. And so he put these, uh, one time I saw him folding the paper and sending, mailing them out. And the response from the fans, they would bring the flyer to the show. Nice. Like, I got it in the mail. Yes. Like, it was, but he learned that from GIT because he saw other bands do it. And we had content. And then he threw in two buses and like, oh, you get to the ticket plus the bus ride to the Roxy. And we sell out the Roxy. At 17 years old. And he was like 22 or something like that. But he had this marketing strategy, right? It's brilliant. So we got to apply those things to generate our products. Nug Life Music, Nug Life Production. I have to admit, Nug Life, you know, me, I'm heavy into SEO. I'm heavy into marketing, bro. And like, I see so many hip hop banners out there, digital banners, and then, you know, billboards. And bro, you know what shook me? What's that? What hit me hard is when I saw nuglife.com. Whoa. Because every other artist right now, they're putting their Instagram or they're, or they're uh, putting yeah. their Facebook or they're only putting their Spotify link. <laughs> or, or there's like an Apple logo. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, if they only knew yeah. how, much, how much money is going behind these billboards. Wow. And the proper way to do it is put that website. Because once Crazy. you hit that website, you got that cookie. You have I, the opportunity to get that email. And, and I know Nug Life. 
that that element came to you right to to make that decision because i know it was probably tempting to put your instagram right it was i tried to (laughs) in the rough drafts and shit and it just wasn't working it was like too much i i linked the homie who did my album art and my big homie night owl who's done past album art dope graffiti artist Mm. and i kept sending it to them and i'm like all right how about this one how about this one getting both their critiques as and you're doing the graphic design I am for the billboards wow. and uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, are you fucking kidding me for the billboard? Yeah, Damn. you know the the in between shit. So I do a lot of my graphics, but album art I like to get it with the artist so they can just okay. and I can focus on my shit. But um, yeah, so they they definitely help me. Like you know, not I was like, bro, simple. You got a couple seconds to make people remember something, bro. You know what I mean? You can't have everything mm. up there. So mm. logo. And that's why we did different ones where it was like some logo ones and some with the album cover emblem by VMR because the homie Night Owl was like, yo, you're always trying to promote like you or like promote the project, bro. Like really promote this this piece of art, you know. But in some of them, I did put the logo on blast. So just remember, you know, because that's going to be. that This Nug Life logo on the shirt and the one you see on the billboards is like my... Uh, uh, the a really dope kind of like teacher I had when I took some business classes. I remember he showed us like a fucking on the projector screen. It had like Metallica's joint, like Tribe Called Quest, like Naughty by Nature, all these different like it was like their fonts, but different words spelt in them. So it would be like oh, wow. the font of this epic artist entity, but it would say like fucking car or mm-hmm. just a random word and he's like what is this who is this and i'm he was putting us on game like yeah. why do you know this like you know what i mean so that's so yeah that was that power in the logo i feel like matching to the website and just uh trying to have that remembered like that nug life graffiti drip even if you see it written a d- different way with a couple bud leaves popped behind it like you'll know cool. like yeah. but um, i like your marketing your marketing yeah. is great Thanks, bro. My but it has a product. Yeah. Good music. Good music. It doesn't... You can't just have all that without good music. Like, you have to have good music. Oh, shout outs to cats like Viva even, like, talking with him and working on his project. Uh, Viva Mezcal. Working, yeah, Viva Mezcal. We're working East on our the River. Joint. Yeah, El, the Ballad of El Huero. And it's like, that's our next joint coming May 7th. And it's like, seeing his game too, it's like... Yo, if you spend this much on a video, you better spend the same amount on the promo or you better run this. You know what I mean? Like he's really making plays and it's wow. like that type of taking those type of mentalities into place and just really uh, mobbing, like watching the pillars, like how Noah James mobs and like watching how Vel mobs and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, man. Like, you produce for Vel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Got some cool. joints for Vel. I didn't know that. So yeah, homegirl is crazy, bro. Yeah. Um, we got a joint on Nug Life 2020 and this recent project, and we got some shit in the chamber. No way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how the rappers that you work with, they have really long lyrics. Like, they're just like, it's like a book almost, which is cool. I like yeah. it. It's because of the beat. The beat has this lofty you know kind of it has room to do that you know all these lyrics so it, it who, the, the artists that you're working with are the perfect 
people for these beats. Bro, I saw your banners. Perfect storm. Nug Life, and the first thing that came to my head was underground hip hop. And that's vital for me because mm. I run a damn website that's called Underground Hip Hop Blog. Yeah. And I saw your billboard. I'm like, wow, he did it. Because it's not just promoting the album, right? Nug Life, it's promoting all the artists that are on that album and yeah. the names, right? And the majority of those names Heavy. are underground as, as underground as it as gets. it can be, bro. Yeah, that shit. Who's your favorite? <laughs> I don't think I got a favorite. I'll tell you off camera. No, okay. Who's your, <laughs> um, I could tell you my favorite on, on your whole project. And you know, it's not just because I, I, you know, the kid and I support him out, but you know, so SP man, I'm just yeah. so proud of that. You know, I'm, I'm proud of self provoked man. He's, he's yeah. come a long way. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, he's watching his grind and getting put onto him as a young man. And then seeing his flavors project drop, I met him and slapping that joint I just knew he had a crazy style bro and then meeting him in person for the beat dispensary one we got him on a joint with my my brother Mike Pro and then uh, from there we just had a dope collab run and like uh, but yeah shout outs to him for really kind of like showing love since the first beat dispensary one and having the chance to produce for him and shit so yeah he's a, he's a beast bro and he's he's about he's on some whole other shit now. Like I see him about to get into just like really really uh, seeking out like yo Alchemist and Griselda and Whoa. like action. Like yo, that's I Whoa. know that's where his head's at. So wow. wherever he, you know what I mean. I see him. So if I can help be a part of that too, man, crazy. Yeah. Wow, those are big names for... Yeah. It's crazy to see these guys grow up, like, and then do this. You know, yeah. I don't know him personally, but I know of him, you know, a lot of shows in the Valley through, I suppose, like, you know, that's I, how I... I, I could say, I believe we got his first ever video interview as wow. well. We got Forrest's first ever video interview. We got uh, Reverie's first ever video interview. Wow. Gavlin's first ever video interview. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I saw that wave. I, I saw, I saw, I saw that group. Yeah, you know, yeah, make something out of absolutely nothing. Tour Europe, like every, life, all of a sudden you turn life, around, you're like, <laughs> Nug Life Europe. has <laughs> made something from absolutely nothing, right? Nug Life, mm. baby steps into big things. Yeah, baby but steps. just having faith, and you know, yeah. obviously, you obviously have to like can't charge a lot of money to some of these people that are just you know, like you said. Oh man, yeah, you gotta fucking, you gotta. Do a lot of shit, man. You gotta balance it out to get to get wherever you gotta go, and you gotta. It's it's like you gotta play chess, and but your heart gotta be in it, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. of course, like we gotta break bread and know our worth, but sometimes, like, you gotta know it's like, nah, it's time to collab and let's get this shit cracking. Like, yeah. let's get this fucking. Because at the end of the <laughs> day, if you go, oh, this, because you should know who's fire and who isn't. Like, if yeah. you see an MC and they spit something or somebody self provokes, hey, this kid right here, let's put him on this. And you're like, and then next thing you know, he's like, man, yeah. is like fucking dope as fuck. Yeah. You gotta have that kind of ear too yeah. and know when to pull the trigger, right? Yeah. And even, you know what I mean? Back-end percentages could be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, to have, just to have fun for the day, you know what I mean? And make sure, like, percentages are cool. You know, we're in a different day with DistroKid and teams and getting your, 
you yeah. know yeah what like shout out or or the profit like i'll give you guys one scenario like mm. or the profit out of cincinnati uh, dope like woke like just spit a kind of collabs with like ak the savior from the underachievers and he hit me one day he's like yo i'm about to get in the lab like with dizzy right i need a beat Come on now. You know what I mean? Now yeah, I got nah. dizzy on my project. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like, but that was a thing where it's just like, okay, bet. Let me get a percentage. With you. Oh, cool. Here's some beats. Wow. Let's run that shit. So that's how we got smoked that good. And I was able to like Genius. hit him Genius. later to be like, yo, can you link me with dizzy? Like, so that's how we got roll the dice. And then looking up to like Papa J back in the day and OGT in that same kind of time frame we were talking about earlier. So we got him on that track with Frankie OG. But um I, Yeah, I, man, it's I, a balance. <laughs> I love that track with Rome Streets too, man. Like we actually had him in here for a mic session not too long ago, man. That dude's a legendary artist. Crazy. Yeah, he's a beast, man. Um you post that shit yet or no? I did. I oh, actually did? posted back to back. Yeah, okay, I posted I it. To, I need to peep that yeah. ASAP. But he's yeah, that was crazy. Cause me and Val had that track for a while, low key in the vault. In our bag of tricks, if you will, and yeah. and uh, you know, I asked her if it was cool. Got the blessing for the album, and fucking hit up Rome, and that it was a rap. Like for him to be like, "Yo, if it's dope, I'll fuck with it." You know what I mean? So, and then to show it to Vel, like as me being kind of like the underdog, like you know what I mean? Mm. That is so dope. But you know what I mean? At the same time, it couldn't have happened without her. Mm-hmm. So it's just like really. Uh, yeah, man, just figuring it out and the timing is beautiful because Rome is a fucking wordsmith to his own and it's like to see where he's going and yeah, man, to cross paths is, is dope, even if it is just digitally right now in COVID. Oh, is that, that the way it's working? Like yeah. they're sending you files and it's not. A lot of the beat dispensary, yeah, was digital because it was kind of the end of COVID, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now I think I'm ready to start having some sessions again. That's cool. Yeah, yeah getting back to the frame of way it's you know music yeah. is created so I, I, I want to ask you guys like zero um Yo. in, in in your heyday when you were just producing mad beats and stuff like how often were you in the studio like uh, any given week how many hours were, were you putting in and the same least. question for you nug life like right now you're in your heyday right now you're at your prime right now you're killing it and i can only imagine how many hours you're putting in per week in the studio like go ahead and break that down for me it was like at least minimum eight at least but when I was creating Jaguar Prophecies, I was so into the beats that I would go in in the day and come out at night. So that's like 10, 12 hours. Because I was, you get into a zone yeah. where you're like, oh, I got something. I'm creating something that no one's created before. And it sound, and it just, you know, and I had a, a stack of records that just fell in line. Like I found this Peruvian record. I found this um uh, folk songs from Mexico on wax so I was sampling into the MPC so I created Ciudad Celestial which was a song that we took to Mexico and it it's it, it takes long 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 hours long long hours but it also takes a year to know who to put those you know to who to rap on you know like you were describing like oh shit Val and ooh this is a good opportunity you know and back in the days, you used to hoard beats, and you're like, oh, no, no one can have my beats, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, no, nobody can have my beats, and this and that. And, 
I know. still do that to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I heard, uh, uh, you know, since like I read articles about producers and I like their perspective. That's why I'm loving this conversation because I could see your mind, you know. And I, I read that Alchemist was like, dude, I saw a beat for like 10 bucks. And I was like, what? $10 is all. Well, yeah, it makes sense. I make the beats. It's not like I'm not going to make another one. Yeah. I'm going to make a hundred of them. Yeah. So I have like 500. And then I, it just blew my mind. I was like, that was the dumbest thing to hoard beats because it made you lazy because yeah. you felt like you had beats. But you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you just got to create and create. And after that moment, I just, that's the way I do things. Even when I'm writing lyrics, I, I write lyrics to beats that I like and I just have them. You know what I mean? Because I know I put a lot of time into them and they're refined. And now they can be put on anything. Yeah. Almost anything. Right. Very much so. Yeah, that shit. Just about the same, man. Long days. Eight hours. Twelve hours. You know what I mean? It's wow. Like, yeah, especially. In one week. In the last week. The last yeah. week, it's been nonstop. Wow. I mean, pre, you know what I mean? Considerably like ten days before the album drop and ten days after. It's always just like. Pretty much only that. Okay, so most importantly, what does your diet consist of when you're in those studios constantly, <laughs> all day, every day? How about you, Zero? Well, now I'm on my minerals, so I only eat once a day, all the time. So I usually drink my mineral in the day, then I drink tea, and then I'll eat either fruit, like the fruit that I'll buy, like a bag of fruit. And, and cannabis is on the menu as well, too. So go ahead and, and, and add that element. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I smoke in the morning. <laughs> I just roll through the day, man. But I I, only, I intermittent fast every day. Nice. Every day of my life. It makes me feel more energetic. I still get to do my exercise. I don't focus on food. And I get my projects done. And I'm really, I'm, my mind is really sharp. Once I eat, that's when I slow down and I just chill and I you know, smoke and watch how, movies. How, how about you? My diet got worse as the crunch time came. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, you know, I try to keep it like it's a switch up of like some fruit, you know what I mean? In the morning, some nice fruit and oatmeal and grains type of vibe. If not, like some eggs, avocado and like uh, maybe like a healthier type of bread Mm. if I can, Mm. Um, you know. I pressure myself to try to have like some nice greens in the right. day, at least halfway at my halfway lunch point, and then something hefty at night, like something weighted type of food yeah, with yeah. a veggie. You know, I'm like a hybrid. Like I don't mind some vegetarian in my day, but I will do some meat to kind of keep me going here and there. That's good, right. good meat. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Right. life. So, no, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking. But I've, I've been to yeah. so many studios with in sessions where you know cats are recording for weeks right and they're you know they're ordering food and stuff and it's yeah. fast food all day yeah sometimes and, 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 and it's cheetos and twix Sadly. and snickers Pizza. and, and sodas and and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like we we can't sustain this this is not sustainable well not it's a mistake it's it when when you start to see what an artist is that's where your advantages are like i learned that when i went to mexico city and I started meeting artists that were not in a big city that was rich and could make a living off of it. Yet they still dedicated their time to becoming this rapper or artist. Yeah. It was on another level. They're like, they wouldn't even let you see how they wrote on their page. 
they, some of them were meditating for like 40 minutes before they went into the booth. Crazy. Like they do things like a, like kind of like a, a boxer would do to train for a fight. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Big Bear and I'm running up hills and that's what I'm because yeah. it's an advantage against the other fighter. Yeah, they had that kind of mentality. Man. And that's the kind of mentality I kind of use, because when you come to talk about this stuff, like I go in like if I'm Vinny Paz. Hmm. Talking about what his subjects are hmm. You know I come in like that So that anyone else that's gonna come behind me They're gonna either know Like oh that they're following that guy Or you know what I mean Like yeah. just make that And then sometimes it works Sometimes it doesn't But I haven't met somebody that said Oh I like this song better than that song You know what I mean Comparing it on the subject matter Do you dig what I mean Like if it yeah. was about weed And it's like oh that guy wrote a better song than weed but I do take that competition yeah. approach to like, no, I got to be the I'm writing it down. I got to be the best at that, yeah. at least when it comes to this. That's my thing. So have 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 you guys been in environments like that when studio sessions is nothing but junk food and you just like, fuck it, I'll just deal with it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. OK, it happens. With pizza and shit. <laughs> like pizza's really heavy. Yeah. It it almost stops you from thinking. Yeah. Pizza's probably like the number one choice. Soda soda's another <laughs> thing that, that people don't that this that's what I'm telling you. All these artists would tell me that. Oh, you don't yeah. do this? Oh, you don't meditate before you do this? Ooh. Oh, you don't well, oh, you yeah. don't warm up. And your the voice? reason why I'm pointing this out because is it a coincidence that almost every native or indigenous artist does keep that in mind where you know that's a factor. Like you were mentioning oats, fruit, like yeah, it just I I had a wake up call, bro. Like through quarantine, to be honest, twenty twenty, and like to where is like I even had like a holistic healer during early quarantine when I was living with my dad on the res mm. through some family members out there, and I had mm. met her, and she just put me on game. Like, yo, like if you you can start creating less, but if you're on a higher frequency, like you're just gonna you'll be hitting the nail on the head every time instead of fucking just like That's working all day, about. draining yourself the wrong, like stuff in your body, wrong mentality, like energy, all that. She's like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, yeah, just if you operate at a higher frequency, like you, you will be more efficient off top. So I think she really woke me up and she put me on game to a cool diet and to where even my pops, like, the shift happened with him because he nice. saw what I was doing at the house. Nice. You know what I mean? And nice. So, yeah, that shit's... I learned shelf life during 2020 quarantine. I definitely... To where before... Like, so I don't blame some of those artists to an extent because it's like, I know what it was like coming out of this... I used to be at this lockout studio by USC where Warlock is, actually. I had a lab oh, at his same lab. Time. Yeah. And fucking... Uh, I would come out of there like past 12, you know, to to go back home. And it's like all there was was the fast food and Absolutely, the fucking. Yeah. But I would go fuck with uh, the Mexican spot and try to get like a veggie burrito yeah, if yeah. I could or something. Yeah. Or potato tacos or yeah. some, eat some meat sometimes. Yeah. But fucking. Yeah, man. So I, I'm, I was a victim. <laughs> but I it's was, in you to be cautious. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to point out, right? So that almost every... Artists that we've interviewed, at, 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 for some weird reason, native artists are just cautious on what they put in their body. Well, it affects us 
you don't go from eating natural sources of water that are like think about it you just go oh this river is going and it's just pure water it's not it has algae in it it has pollen from the trees it has uh, so many other things yet wild as wild individuals we used to drink from that thing so we weren't just drinking water we were yeah. drinking mineralized water right all that can be applied today you just got to know what minerals to use once you eat those certain minerals the cravings for meat go away your dependence on eating three meals a day or or focused on a hunger pain goes away like i still i don't have a hunger pain my mind's telling me I'm hungry, but I don't have a hunger pain. That's why I'm able to go, oh, I'll wait till after the podcast to eat. You know, I was going to eat at about two, but then my nephew said, we're going to eat at around six. So I went, okay, well, then I won't eat at two. I'll eat at six. Do you understand how it works? Because yeah. I'm mineralized. I have minerals. So the minerals are already feeding my bloodstream. I don't need to really eat. I can go all day fasting. But that's not what I want to do. You know, I want to go sit down and, with my family and eat. And this is why we need to set Nug Life up with a kit of Manalali Super Oh, foods. for sure. We'll put yes. you on the minerals for yes. sure, man. And it, they're all plant-based. So what I use is spirulina, maca, chia, cacao, and hemp. And you take one tablespoon in the morning before anything. Nice. And after that, do what you got to do. Okay. All right. You go and you'll be like, oh, I'm kind of not hungry. But I have energy, you know. If you alkalize your body with fruit as the first thing you eat, you just prolong the ability to keep yourself from wanting or craving to eat anything. You know, that's when you can go into overtime. Yeah. And not eating because of your will is not good. Yeah. But not eating because you're mineralized is really good. Because then your organs start to function in a certain way. They start to heal themselves. They start cleaning yeah. instead of breaking it down. Yeah. Right? So if we're constantly eating and then breaking it down and eating and breaking it down and eating and breaking it down, it's going to get yeah. clogged. Facts. But when you intermittent fast, your organs all day are like, okay, but not, nothing to break down? Oh, well, fuck it. Let's start cleaning ourselves. Yeah, you Especially at night. Like people, like... The worst thing I probably did before I kind of like woke up to my diet was like, you know, having those long studio days, then having a fat meal at night and then going to sleep. It's oh. like, no, I needed to like, yeah, pro probably eat like three hours earlier, let that kind of slide through and then fucking then my sh shit can kind of like do its thing at night. What you're talking about, like have its moment to, you know, clean or rest or whatever it may be. Well, think about that. Now, yeah. for me, if I do eat at night, it's going to be plant based. Yeah. So I'm not going to have any hard digestion as it is. So yeah. not only do I intermittent fast, but my digestive is less because I'm plant based. I don't rely on proteins. Proteins make yeah. your muscles big and make you work longer. That's all proteins do. They don't affect your kidneys. They don't affect your glands. They don't affect anything. But everything I mentioned in the formula that I have affects your organs, right? Yeah. Your organs. Think about it. Here's what ancient culture used to think of, right? If your organs are healthy, then your glands are healthy, uh. right? And why are glands important? Because they secrete hormones. Hormones are moods. 
moods are reality. That's why you eat this way. Yep. That's that's the ancient culture way of eating. Shout out to Richie from Indigenous 1492. Richie. He's with yo, us. Yo. Welcome back. That's hey, we got right hey, we got to hook up bro. Nug Life with the Indigenous hat, bro. Yeah. And the 1492 hat. Send him the whole the, the whole gift home. box. Yep. Yeah, man, I'll pay for it. That's my guy, bro. <laughs> he always takes good care of me. You know what I mean? We oh, had, that's right. You know him already. Yeah, I we had a collab back <laughs> in the day, actually. Seriously? Actually, he was there. I met him when I got this tattoo. Oh, no this way. This is the No Dapple tattoo. And I seen that the shop that he, in this in the valley, was doing it and, like, putting the proceeds. And I met mm. him because, like, he knew this band were Vicasa. Mm. And my homie Malik was there, too, who's kind of, like, in the Oakland scene, skateboarder dude. So, mm. it's, yeah, kind of crazy how I met Richie. Um, shout yeah, out he's to a my big, bro. he's a big, you know, he's a part of the podcast, man. He's yeah. like either he's in the chat or he's sitting in one of these chairs, or you know, we're planning something to do, you know, to do together. But Richie's, you know, we always shout him out. Um, now, if this event that we're planning at Indian Alley happens, Zero, I would love to invite Nug Life to do a set for us, man. Oh, do you do that? Yeah, I mean, the world seems to be opening, so I think I gotta start. Yeah, yeah man, I got to start doing sets again. So right, that would be <laughs> yeah. fucking. That sounds fire. sick. Yeah, man, we're we're trying to organize a, a, a nice little powwow right here in downtown LA, June twenty fifth. June twenty fifth, so. man. It's all it's all native indigenous hip hop oriented. And right, wow. Zero's gonna do a workshop, and okay. we're just gonna have. A, I'm gonna know, do a, a mineral workshop. It's like one like a brief thing that I did right now, but I'll talk in length about it. Gotcha. Then Masatine's gonna break down the Aztec calendar. Nice. Because what he has revealed to us, if you know, you probably haven't seen the other episodes, and that's okay. But he has revealed to us that the Aztec calendar is a profound measure of time that gives you a certain quality. It tells you what your quality is. In other words, you were born on a certain day. And here. So, you see these individuals right here yeah there's 80 sequences of i believe 15 if not 18 minutes of time that our ancestors broke down okay in a 24-hour period and so each moment in time or minute because they're in 18 minute increments have an assigned energy interesting okay. because of thousands of years of observation wow this is not just, oh, look at 500 yeah, years of, ob yeah. no, this is 26,000 years of observation. And each, each um, um, civilization, society, whatever you want to call it, contributed to this knowledge, this Aztec calendar. In other words, this is a culmination of every single tribe's knowledge across Turtle Island. To build this stone. Wow. Why? Because they wanted to get an accurate reading of time and assign those energies in time. So you're born under one of these energies. Yeah. True. And it shows you your personality. And once you get your tonal, he starts to break it down. Master Masasin break it down. I see. And get your in-depth reading. It's not astrology. Yeah, yeah. What he described it as was a little tiny golden string 
that goes all the way up to the sun. And that's your direct connection because of 26,000 years of observation broken down for us on the stone. That's a trip. I need that. I need my, uh, you know what I mean? Absolutely. My reading. Absolutely. (laughs) No, we got, we're going to hook you up with Masatin. You need your tonal. You need your tonal. Tonal. Exactly. Your tonal. And and it's not about race. Indigenous people were human first. We were human. And that's the only way we can con- gather all knowledge and put it onto one stone. Because we had to be humble to them. They're, they're not just going to give you knowledge. You have to be, I'm your student. I have to learn and then bring that back. So it's humility because the son will humble you, but he also loves you. And he'll tie a little golden string that goes directly from your heart all the way to the sun. Because at that point in time, when the sun was hitting or it wasn't hitting, there was an energy, a guardian, and a whole energy of that year cycle that you apply. That's deep. That's what we're trying to yeah to proliferate. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting to see when my donal is. We'll see. Precise. Well, exactly. I'm and, be and like, God damn it. Yeah. I want to make you guys are too. I, I, I want to make an announcement to all of our devoted LA natives out there. We are trying to put together an event. Yes. Any help works. We do have a donation area on our website, LANativesPodcast.com. And best believe, if there's anyone out there listening that want a, that wants a dope indig- indigenous event hosted by LA natives and Zero Velvu. Um, donate a couple bucks. A hundred percent of those proceeds are going to go directly into the funding of our next upcoming event. Right. Zero. And then that day we're going to release global pandemic. It's going to be a free event for the community, for the city of Los Angeles to, to, to gather. Yeah. So I'm releasing that song global pandemic. And then, um, we're doing a show and a lot of the youth of your age that are doing things right now are, are going to be involved. So it's kind of cool place to just kind of meet people. Especially oh, a, a part Get inspired of, yeah. Like oh wow I like what he did That fits with what I'm doing And it's just really creating that That community right? And shout out to Obsidian Collective For hosting that amazing event yes. They did uh, Tani this, this last couple of days man Tani means Killed it So many people were there It's an appropriate DJ space Vegas. and venue Right I, Honestly Zero I didn't know about Indian Alley until, yeah. until that event Yeah You know do you know about Indian Alley? I don't. It sounds sick. Is, <laughs> is it outdoors? It is right yeah. here. It's right in back of the Regent Theater. Okay. And um, it's kind of a good story and a bad story because it's oh. like where they relocated. That's where natives came to be relocated. And well, so a lot of the stories a are center. a lot of the a lot of the stories are them being high on the alley and drunk uh, or dying. Yeah. But there's murals there now. Yeah. And 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 our idea is like you know we went back there with Natani Means and. And that show, and we're like, hey, you know, me and Armando were talking, and we're like planning, and we're like, what, what a cool way to flip it, though, you know, flip it into positive. Because right. I'll talk about minerals; that helps you. Yeah, you know what I mean. That mineral will heal you. you take up the space, right. like that's our space now to convert it. You and know then, what I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you have Masatsin tying hearts to the sun, yeah. giving tonales, right? And then you have the marketplace, where if you want to represent indigenous something. You can buy it there. And then showcasing indigenous native artists. Absolutely. And if if, um, Nug Life, oh my God, if he does a live beat set, it's over because this guy is like amazing. 
it would be like man it would be so sick man. so before we let you go nug life is there anything you want to drop any shout outs uh any last words for our la natives community out here man i want to say y'all in tune with nug life <laughs> la natives yeah you know what i'm saying pull up to the show at the indian alley this june and you might see me there after we just talked about it you know what i'm saying and uh now thank you guys for for providing this platform and bringing me on here yeah. and uh and the past love from underground hip-hop as well um you know what i mean tune into the beat dispensary too yeah um tapping with all the artists a lot of different variety and styles and something for everyone if not everything you know yeah. what i mean and uh uh shoot man just keep challenging yourself however you can individually so you can help others too you know and uh um shit man yeah right on well it was amazing to have you on our show i think you're a very talented kind of jazzy phenomenon that's happening with cannabis culture with the youth and growing into a vibe of humanism which is our goal our goal on this earth is not to create destroy but to enjoy our mama tonansin our great mother earth she gives us everything we need she challenges it us in every single way but if we keep our heart pure and we trust in the great grandfathers that left us a tiny road to follow then we'll fulfill our mission here on earth and that's to be happy and to enjoy that little string that comes directly from the sun my name is zero alienators we'll see you wednesday